Hello and welcome to the podcast, English for Life in the UK. This podcast is for those people who want to improve their English and at the same time learn more about life in this country. In this season of the podcast, we are interviewing a number of people with interesting jobs and experiences. This will give you practice at listening to a number of native English speakers talking about a range of subjects. We produce a transcript, a written version of each episode as well. This includes notes on some of the more difficult vocabulary. And this is available on our website www.saintaugustinescentrehalifax.org.uk And there you can also find out more about our charity and the support that we give particularly to asylum seekers and refugees. In today's episode, one of our team, Peter, interviews two healthcare professionals, one of them a doctor, with a particular kind of doctor that we call a GP, that is a general practitioner, and a pharmacist, a professional who works in a pharmacy or a chemist. So over to Peter. Today's podcast is about healthcare. This is obviously a huge issue in lots of countries and to Allow us to focus a bit more. Today we're going to talk about healthcare in England because the situation in Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland, the other countries in the United Kingdom, is slightly different, although very similar. And we're going to talk about primary healthcare, so the first point of contact that uh, patients have with the healthcare system. I'm joined today by Anne-Marie Killeen, who's a general practitioner or GP in Bradford, and by Anne Cordron, a community pharmacist in Halifax. Anne-Marie, first of all, so can you describe what a general practitioner is and what, and what they do? So, like, like you said in your introduction, we provide primary medical care. So that means generally we're the first point of contact for patients who think they're ill or maybe have a psychological or emotional problem. And the patients that you see, who are they? Can a patient just walk into your your surgery to see you? Uh, well, as long as you're registered first. So that, that's a very easy process. Um, you just um, ask friends or neighbours where the nearest local general practice is or you can Google it. And if you live somewhere like Bradford, there may be 20 practices within walking distance of your house. But generally, we would recommend that you join the one that's closest to your house because it makes it easier to make and attend appointments. And it also makes it easier for you to have home visits from the community team if you're not able to get to the surgery. 
So you approach the surgery that you want to join and tell the receptionist that you want to join the list and they'll give you some paperwork to complete with your personal details, date of birth, etc. And some form of ID, like a passport, for instance. And then those details will be passed on to the registration authorities. But from that moment, you're entitled to uh, get medical care at that general practice. And what sort of treatments are delivered in your practice? So we deal with acute problems, they're short-term new problems, and also chronic long-term problems. So long-term problems might include things like diabetes, asthma, skin diseases, heart disease, and they're generally managed by a team of doctors and nurses and pharmacists at the practice. And then people will also present with short-term acute problems like they wake up with a with a rash or stomach pain or they think they might have a urine infection or whatever and then they would also prevent present to the general practice first for help and advice presumably there are other professionals within the practice who who provide some of those services so what what sort of professionals actually are are part of the uh, the surgery yeah well um, our practice, which serves about 8,000 patients, and it's fairly typical of an of a inner-city practice, so there's four senior permanent doctors, and there's usually three junior doctors in training who will be foundation year or general practice training doctors, often a medical student, and then there's a full team of receptionists who are your initial point of contact when you um, approach the surgery, a nursing team, healthcare assistants, pharmacists who are employed by the practice as opposed to um, a pharmacy shop. And also we have physiotherapists on site as well. When you speak, when you talk to a patient, presumably there are some issues that can be dealt with by yourself or by the team in the practice, but also others that get referred on to other parts of the National Health Service. So what, what sort of um, conditions uh, get, get referred on? So GPs manage most chronic medical problems, such as asthma, diabetes, heart disease, but occasionally there may be ad- additional factors which mean they need to be managed in hospital. So for instance, we manage probably 90% of diabetes care, but don't manage children who are on insulin for instance, and that's usually because they're growing and the treatment tends to change from one month to the next. And uh, once they become adult, the condition is normally stable and would then be managed in general practice. And then anyone who requires an operation, for example, like they've got, um, they need hip surgery, orthopaedic surgery, or they might have a more serious medical condition such as cancer, they, problems like that would be referred into the hospital to see the appropriate specialist. And also if they need certain investigations. Uh, GPs have open access to many investigations like scans, including MRI scans, ultrasound scans, blood tests. But there are certain investigations where you have to go through a specialist first to get, get that test done. So we attempt to manage most things and we probably manage 
of problems in primary medical care and then there's maybe 10% of problems that need to be referred on to hospital. One thing that we don't see is accidents and emergencies. So if you've got a dangerous severe medical condition such as extreme chest pain, shortness of breath, breathing problems, heavy bleeding, you need to go to hospital immediately because general practice is not able to deal and respond quickly enough to medical emergencies. So if you did contact the surgery, it would be recommended that you go to hospital immediately by ambulance or take yourself there immediately. And the same if you think you've got a broken bone, if you've fallen off a ladder or something or badly hurt something, you need to go to hospital because we could, we've got access to x-rays, but not, not immediately. And I guess one question that is, feels quite unusual to someone in England, but it's probably common elsewhere in the world, is how much does this treatment cost? Um, it's all free at the point of delivery. So once you register with a GP, you're entitled to, in theory, unlimited visits to the surgery, unlimited home visits. Uh, the only thing that you might have to pay for is the medication if you're not entitled to free prescriptions. Thank you. So turning to Anne, our community pharmacist, I guess a very similar question to start with, Anne. Uh, what is the role of a community pharmacist? A community pharmacist is what, what we would call a, um, a chemist's shop, quite often, like Anne-Marie mentioned. There are about 11,500 uh, community pharmacies in England and um, around 90% of the population is within 20 minutes walk of, uh, of a community pharmacy. Pharmacies tend to be located in areas where people live and where people work uh, and it's a healthcare professional on the high street, in the shopping centre, in your local village that you can access free of charge without an appointment. Uh, that's our unique selling point, if you like, uh, that you can just walk into a community pharmacy uh, at any time. Uh, a lot of the pharmacies do tend to be open quite extended hours these days, particularly in areas like shopping centres and things. They are, they are open in, into the evening, uh, so they fit around the working hours of people who can access them either during their lunch breaks or after work. Also very often open at weekends when other primary care services aren't available. So just to be clear on that, anybody can walk into the shop and talk direct to the pharmacist, to the health, the healthcare professional without an appointment? Yes, that's correct. Like in the GP surgery, uh, there are other staff employed in the pharmacy apart from the actual pharmacist, healthcare assistants, trained dispensers. Very often these would be the first people that you would see walking into a community pharmacy and they have a level of training up to an appropriate level, but uh, there is always a pharmacist within a community pharmacy during the hours that the pharmacy is open uh, and you can talk to the pharmacist for advice. And the pharmacist is, is available to, to intervene uh, should they feel that it's necessary uh, within any conversations that you might be having uh, with the other trained staff within the pharmacy. And what sort of services are provided within the pharmacy? 
One of the main services within pharmacy is the actual dispensing of prescriptions uh, and they are now mostly sent electronically from the GPs. It used to be the case that patients would see the doctor and get a, a, a physical piece of paper, a prescription. That has largely changed to electronic prescribing where the prescription is sent via uh, a, a safe NHS network to the pharmacy that the patient nominates. You don't need to be registered with a community pharmacy, uh, that's different to the GP, but if you regularly get prescriptions, you would need to nominate which pharmacy you want your prescription sent to. And that can be done uh, at your GP surgery, it can be done at the pharmacy itself, uh, or it can also be done on the NHS app. Uh, and the NHS app can be used also for reordering re repeat prescriptions, uh, regular medication uh, that you get from your GP surgery. They can be requested via the NHS app and sent to the pharmacy. The other kind of services that you would find within a pharmacy uh, are the selling of medication. Uh, so a lot of, of conditions don't need a prescription uh, for medication but you can buy medication within the pharmacy. Legally, there are three categories of medication available within England, uh, within the UK. What's called general sale list medication, uh, which you could buy in a supermarket. Uh, it tends to be quite small quantities, things that are suitable for minor self-limiting conditions. Uh, we have a quite unique category of medication within, within the UK called pharmacy medicines. Uh, which are available to purchase without a prescription, uh, but can only be purchased within a pharmacy under the supervision of the pharmacist. Uh, so that's stronger painkiller medication, uh, larger quantities, uh, treatment for conditions that mm, you might go to the doctor with, but can also be used um, to treat things like sort of um, minor infections, particularly skin infections, uh, uh, and if, if they don't respond to the treatment, uh, then you could then go on to see the doctor. So it could be used as a first line treatment. And then the, the medication that is only available on prescription, which is prescription only medicine. Most pharmacies these days also offer other services apart from the dispensing and the supply of medication. So things like blood pressure checks, um, weight loss, weight management, smoking cessation. And a lot of pharmacies also offer services like delivery of, of, of medication. Flu vaccination is another service that is widely available in community pharmacies. And a lot of pharmacies have also become COVID vaccination centres since the pandemic. And how do you work with, with other healthcare professionals? So with a, a doctor surgery, for example, do you, do you work closely with them? It, it, it's variable. A, a lot of pharmacies are closely located to GP surgeries. They would tend to get most of the prescriptions uh, from that GP surgery to, to dispense and they would generally have a good relationship with that GP surgery because they're dealing with their patients all the time. Some pharmacies are located in high streets and they would get prescriptions from all over the local area so they are less likely to have close links with the GP surgeries. But we are healthcare professionals uh, uh, and it is, it is recognised within the GP practices that uh, if 
for example, we could refer a patient to the GP uh, if we think it is something that needs uh, an urgent referral, something that can't be dealt with within the pharmacy. And very often uh, that is a way of, 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 of getting to see a, a doctor perhaps sooner than you might be able to just by ringing up mm. yourself. Generally, we have the same access to the GP surgeries through the reception staff, but a lot of doctor surgeries do now employ community ph- uh, employ pharmacists, and so quite often there's a close professional link between the uh, primary care pharmacists working in the GP practice uh, and the community pharmacies dispensing the prescriptions. And a similar question to uh, to what I asked Anne Marie. Uh, what are the charges for using the uh, community pharmacy? So the dispensing of prescriptions, the vast majority of people, uh, about 70% of people, do not pay for prescriptions because they come under some kind of prescription exemption. So everybody over the age of 60 gets free prescriptions. Everybody under the age of 16 gets free prescriptions. Uh, children 16 to 18 in full-time education pregnant mothers and for a full year after the birth of a baby. Uh, Certain medical conditions, disabilities, these are all um, exemptions that give you a free prescription. And a lot of the benefits, including universal credit, although there are conditions on that, and tax credits, uh, entitle patients to free prescriptions. So Anne mentioned there, uh, vaccinations, which is obviously a very uh, relevant subject uh, and has been throughout the, the COVID pandemic. So looking more generally at, at vaccinations, um, and you mentioned that uh, people can uh, get COVID vaccinations uh, in, in certain pharmacies. Uh, what, what other vaccinations actually are available through the pharmacy? Most pharmacies now do flu vaccinations uh, and that is free of charge for well, this year it's been for people uh, under the age of over the age of fifty, but it's changing back to uh, over the age of sixty five, or with certain medical conditions from from the flu season this this year, which will be starting in September, and also a lot of pharmacies will provide a quite a reasonable charge of flu vaccination uh, for people who aren't covered by free vaccine by free flu vaccination. Covid vaccination obviously is 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 free of charge uh, and follows the national guidelines and the national programme and more and more pharmacies are doing Covid vaccinations and quite a number of pharmacies also provide travel vaccination clinics Uh, so for example people who might be travelling for the Hajj or where they're travelling and they need like yellow yellow fever certificate then certain pharmacies do, do do those vaccinations as well. Uh, but the regular sort of childhood vaccinations, as Anne-Marie will say, are provided by doctor's surgeries. Yeah. So as soon as a, a child is born, no, the midwife notifies the, um, the parents to get the child registered and then they're automatically um, becoming a, a patient of the, usually the family general practice where the parents are already registered. And then it'll automatically be generated by the computer, the recalls, for routine childhood vaccinations, of which there are, you know, a growing number. And they're normally given at the doctor's surgery by one of the nursing staff. People may well be aware that in this country you dial 999 if you have an emergency, 
but there's another service where you dial 111. Could you explain what that is, please? Well, that, that's a patient helpline, uh, which is available online and also um, through phone, where you can phone up basically with any problems which are not considered um, medical emergencies. So if you've got an emergency, you phone 999, which um, should get you through to police, fire, ambulance, and you would normally speak to a paramedic. But if your problem's non-urgent, or you've got a problem like, um, I can't find a, a dentist, or I can't register with a doctor, or I can't find a pharmacy that's open, or I've got these symptoms, I'm not sure what they mean, either online or through the phone, you should be able to get, get the answer to those problems. And that's a 24-hour-a-day service, is that right? Yeah. So for, for people in the UK, who should they approach with um, a particular condition? Is there, is there a hard and fast rule about approaching uh, a general practitioner versus a pharmacy, or is that up to the patient to decide? Um, I think we like to be open and accessible. Um, and if there's any doubt and you're not sure, you, you approach the pharmacist or the doctor's surgery and you will quickly, hopefully, be directed to the service that you need. You know, we're used to people, um, you know, not knowing exactly what the problem is and how to fix it. So you should get signposted to the correct service, no matter where you originally seek advice. Yes, as, as, as pharmacists and pharmacy staff, um, we are trained to look out for what are called red flag symptoms. Uh, so if somebody comes into a pharmacy with for example, chest pain uh, or uh, the kinds of headaches that could, could potentially be uh, warning signs for something more serious, uh, then we would immediately refer to either to A&E uh, or to the local doctor's surgery, to the, the patient's doctor's surgery as a matter of urgency. Um, but as a first point of port of call, uh, the community pharmacy is is very useful as i mentioned at the beginning you can you can go without an appointment very often it's it's local to where you live or where you work and it's available out of hours in the evening quite often till late uh, and at the weekends and we can usually help with what are called minor ailments either by recommending sort of no treatment at all uh, and just reassuring patients uh, that it's something quite minor, self-limiting. It might be treatable with something that they've already got at home uh, or potentially selling uh, some, some medication to help with the condition. We can also give advice um, about prescription medication. Um, so we are, we are the experts in, in medicines, not necessarily in diagnosis. We would hand that over to the GPs. Uh, but as far as actual medication goes, uh, a lot of patients uh, will be worried about potential side effects with medication, whether the medications go together, which are, whether there are any interactions between the medication. Uh, and I would say that's the kind of thing that a community pharmacy or, or practice pharmacist can, can, can advise on. And with long-term conditions such as you know, heart conditions, cardiovascular, blood pressure, diabetes, um, we are trained in those conditions to give ongoing advice for for the, for the patient to self-care uh, and, and make the most of 
the medication that they're on to make sure that they are taking it appropriately. And Marie and Anne, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Language support. This is the part of the podcast where we choose some of the words or phrases from this episode and explain them. Early on in this episode, we referred to the fact that in order to register at a doctor, you needed a form of ID. ID is short for identification. And a form of ID, a form of identification could be, for example, a passport or a driving licence. Many countries around the world will actually have an identity card. We don't have those in the United Kingdom. Later on, we referred to finding a pharmacy or a chemist on the high street. The high street is just the name for a main street in a town is often called the high street where most of the shops are so then when we were talking about how doctors and pharmacists work together there was the idea of a prescription now a prescription is a written instruction or order normally from a doctor to a pharmacist or chemist to provide medicine for the patient. In the old days they were always written down. In this episode we refer to the fact that much of it these days is done online through the computer and the internet. And related to that is the idea that giving out the medicine is known as dispensing. So to dispense medicine is to provide or to give out. The word to dispense, the verb, does have another meaning in English as well, which means to get rid of or to do without. So you could in a meeting, for example, say, we'll dispense with the introductions. So we won't bother to introduce ourselves. We'll get straight on with the meeting. And then finally, I want to focus a little bit on the word practice, because that occurred a few times in this episode. So in general terms, uh, a practice is the application or use of an idea or method. Particularly in this case, we were talking about medical practice. So you can talk about practicing medicine. You can say that a doctor is a medical practitioner. And in this episode, we interviewed a GP who is a general practitioner. There's the word practice again in there. You can also refer to a GP practice, meaning the place and the organisation where a group of medical professionals are providing services. And the other word that is used in this episode for the place where 
those services are provided is the surgery. Now, pr practice has another meaning as well in English. You can use it to say that you're going to repeat doing something in order to get better at it. So I might say, I practice my football skills in order to get better at it. That's it for this week. I hope you found that a useful and interesting episode. A reminder that the transcript will be available in a few days' time on our website, www.staugustinecentrehalifax.org.uk And on the website you can find out about our work as a charity and if you're in a position to do so how to donate or support our work in other ways. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again with a new episode very soon. Until then, take care of yourselves and keep practising your English. There's that word practice again. Goodbye.